Some very interesting notes on what it would take for the Big 12 to absorb at least part of the Pac-12. We'll talk about that. We'll also get to another position group preview in our countdown ahead of training camp for the BYU football program, looking at BYU's cornerbacks on the defensive side of the football. Of course, we'll catch you up on everything else going on in BYU sports, including two preseason honors for two members of BYU's football program. All of that ahead on today's edition of Locked on Cougars. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day, your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news you guys get every single day. We are proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Our motto over on the network is your team every day. And as such, this is your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. The goal here, simply stated, is to make you the smartest BYU fan in the room and just make you smarter overall as a sports fan by giving you all the news you guys need to know about every single day in a nice 20 to 30 minute package. That's what we promise you guys. So uh, without further ado, let's introduce myself. For those of you who may be checking out the show for the first time, my name is Jay Catch. I work for the KSL Sports Zone in Salt Lake City, Utah. Working sports radio in my day job, producing DJ and PK on that station. Been doing that for the better part of a decade, but also covering BYU heavily for my radio station during my career. I've been covering the Cougars since 2010. Crazily enough, that'd be my third 13th year this year covering BYU professionally. Crazy stuff, but love it all the same. And that's where we're going to start on today's show is the ongoing topic with regards to conference realignment. All of us are wondering, okay, where is the next... shoe going to drop? What's the next step in all of this realignment chaos? Well, some interesting notes, and I want to encourage you guys. Uh, he writes up there in Oregon, but his name is John Canzano. He does a, a pod, uh, not a podcast. He, he has a podcast. It's a podcast, but he does a radio show up there in Oregon. Also re- used to write for a newspaper up there, but he's kind of done his own thing. He went to Substack, is kind of owning his own product. It's called The Bald Face Truth. You can go to johnconzano.com if you want to subscribe to it. I would encourage you to do so. Uh, Everything, it seems like, in terms of what I talk about with regards to the Pac-12 and the Big 12 relationship, a lot of that information has come by way of John's work. And he put a very interesting article out that I want to discuss some of the bullet points in it. And they come via a conversation he had with Bob Thompson. He says he's the former president of Fox Sports Network. And the interesting part about this is... Uh, This guy worked for Fox. He put together multiple of these uh, contracts that these conferences put together. We know that ESPN and Fox have entered their 30-day exclusive negotiating window with the remaining PAC schools. Uh, The PAC-10 is what you probably should call it, even though it's the PAC-12 still, for the next two years. So he did these deals on the Fox end of things, but he was asked about the question with regards to ESPN and the role that ESPN will play in the future of the Pac-12. Uh, he says that ESPN is in, this is all from John Canzano's report, he says they're in the exclusive negotiating window right now. He says, I believe that explains why we've had a lull when it comes to realignment news. That shouldn't be breaking news to anybody. I've mentioned that a couple of times earlier on this week in the podcast. I, I really feel like this 30-day window is actually going to slow things down until we have some hard and fast information out of those 
those negotiations, not a lot will change. But here's the interesting parts about this. He says a few things to think about per Thompson. He says the Pac-12 will survive if ESPN reaches an agreement with the conference during this negotiating window that ensures the 10 remaining universities have a reasonable annual payout going forward. So if it makes the financial sense for those 10 schools to stick together, they'll do that, he, he thinks. The next thing, though, if ESPN's initial offer is a low ball to the Pac-12, Thompson then expects it would cause a few members to bolt or at least prompt them to seriously explore options. That is where the Big 12 comes into this conversation. That is when Oregon, Washington, Utah, Colorado, the Arizona schools all probably start weighing their options and looking where their future might be better suited moving forward. Now, he does add this. Thompson negotiated dozens of these types of deals with a variety of conferences in his career. He says that ESPN, this is interesting, I hadn't considered this. He says ESPN may decide to make a shrewd offer to the Pac-12 knowing that if it's rejected, the conference is likely to fall apart and have a handful of members end up with the Big 12. Then quote, ESPN can then go after those rights buoyed by the fact that they have money in their pocket. They didn't have to pay the Pac-12. You're not you're you're going against yourself if you're ESPN in terms of like what you're doing with the Pac-12 here. If you have the thought of okay, we've already got stuff going on over here, maybe we could uh, marry these two the pieces we want with the of the Pac-12 remnants with the Big 12 and just have one deal there rather than have two separate deals. So it makes some financial sense for ESPN. Very interesting to have him say that. He also said, uh, Thompson did say in this article, that he believes that ESPN is going to seriously uh, look at the Pac-12 because they need the programming. They like that late night window. We all know that ESPN has a myriad of different networks. They also have ESPN Plus, their streaming service. They've got to obviously put things on. So that's why he thinks that they will be quite serious about their negotiations with the Pac-12. He does say, though, he doesn't think Fox is going to be in the mix in this negotiating window. So it's ESPN and the Pac-12 potentially teaming up. We all know how ESPN came to the rescue for BYU and BYU Independent. The ESPN family of companies valued BYU's product. Will will they value the Pac-12 or will it be the Pac-10? enough to make it financial sense for those for those schools to stick together what will the grant of rights the thing that ties up media rights and pretty much ensures these teams stay with the conference how long will that be for how long will the overall deal be for as well could it be four or five years will it be a 10 to 15 year who knows there's a lot still to be determined on that front but then he says the one other thing here it seems to me uh, excuse me I apologize it says Fox and ESPN stepped up and didn't give the Big 12 a haircut on their rights fees as a result of Colorado and Nebraska leaving all those years ago. This basically kept the Big 12 from cratering this summer. He says that once before, obviously the Pac-12 had opportunities potentially to cripple or kill the Big 12, and it ultimately didn't pan out. The interesting part will be, will the Big 12 be able to land a kill shot figuratively and maybe quite literally on the Pac-12 should the opportunity arise? The next, what are we, probably, I think we're almost a week in at this point with that negotiating window. So the next, what, 23 to 25 days, that exclusive negotiating window ongoing for the Pac-12, once that is over and news starts to trickle out of the offers that came of most likely from ESPN for the Pac-12, that truly is going to tell us a lot about what the future of conference realignment looks like. And it's interesting here from a Fox perspective, because as I said, uh, Mr. Thompson, he did these deals. He's been in these negotiations, and he essentially is telling you, okay, ESPN is pretty much the savior out there to save the Pac-12, potentially. But the interesting, that that little tidbit about, hey, saying, you know what, Uh, 
if even if it falls apart, we could get some of these schools. We could get the four schools, uh, Colorado, Arizona schools, and Utah, uh, to jump into the Big 12 right away, and potentially also uh, move Oregon and Washington with the Big 12, have 18 teams, and put together one. What what would you say? Uh, one bigger deal, just a single deal with those 18 teams, potentially as many as 16, who knows, and then avoid having to have two separate negotiations, just one negotiation where you have a supersized conference. You have three supersized conferences out there. You have 18 in the Big 12 figuratively. You got 16 in the Big 10 as well as the SEC and then the 14 team ACC. And then you essentially tell the remnants of uh, the Pac-12, Stanford, Cal, Washington State, Oregon State. Well, vaya con Dios. Best of luck to you guys. There's there's so much uh, still to come on this, but the, the the thought of ESPN essentially saying, "Here's our offer. Take it or leave it." Uh, Pac-12. While at the same time, you got a you got a hand behind your back saying, "Okay." They're not going to take this deal. We're going to get some of these schools into the Big 12, or at least they're going to look at their options. And then at that point, we look at something else. Just that was something I, I maybe I'm just uh, I'm myopic in my views of what's going on. I had not considered that. It was a very interesting thought to hear from Thompson. And this is a guy who probably has considered similar negotiation strategies during his career uh, working with Fox Sports Network. So just very interesting tidbits still continuing to leak out, but uh, nothing hard and fast. And I truly believe I, I'm with Mr. Canzano that I don't think we're going to have necessarily the next quote-unquote hard concrete steps in conference realignment, at least for a few more weeks. That, that's what it appears to be. Now, uh, we'll get back to more of a BYU focus here. Uh, by the way, one other note on this. I, I apologize. With regards to the Big 12, you should want to absorb some of these schools from the Pac-12. If you can make yourself strong and go into the next negotiation because the the Pac-12 is opening their negotiating rights and their contract ends at the end of 2024, which is why UCLA and USC are bolting to the Big Ten in 2024. Now, the other thing is the Big 12 comes up in 2025. Can you make a move? There's a year gap essentially in there, but can you make the moves requisite in the time being to get some of those schools in and then maybe immediately, if you're Brett Yormark and the Big 12 Brain Trust, which by the way, they're opening uh, Big 12 Media Days today. I'll have more reaction to what we hear from people down there in Arlington, Texas on tomorrow's podcast. So interested, by the way, to hear some of that stuff. But could you uh, get those, some of these schools to agree potentially if things do, do fall apart with the Pac-12, you get them to agree to come to the Big 12 and then do you immediately go to ESPN, Fox or whoever you're considering, CBS, uh, I don't know who you're considering working with uh, media rights wise and say, hey, we want to begin negotiations right now. Let's go to market early and see what we can get. To some interesting dynamics that are out there and obviously on the table here when it comes to how you're going to move about things. And that's obviously in BYU's best interest is to stick with the Big 12. I think you're lucky stars. You're on the inside. And just uh, be a good partner. That's the biggest thing if you're BYU. Now, we're going to continue with our position group previews. We're going to talk about BYU's cornerback position on the defensive ba- uh, defensive side of the football. Rarely do I talk about uh, two, uh, uh, two defensive position groups in a row, but some of you pointed out an interesting note here that we need to talk about. So I figured, you know what? We'll talk. We'll finish off the defensive backfield for BYU on today's edition of the podcast. We'll get to that here in just a moment. First, though, a word on our friends. This episode of Locked on Cougars is brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. 
Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models of all vehicles, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. That is where Rock Auto comes in. They want you to save time and money when using their resource. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% markup for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when you don't have to? They are a family business been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their website is really easy to navigate. It's kind of old school in many ways. I uh, point and click, and then all of a sudden it pops up with every uh, opportunity in terms of the the manufacturers, the parts available to you. You point and click, you add it to your cart, and then you just ship it right to yourself. It's incredible. Rock Auto has saved my bacon. I mentioned that I didn't do a Friday episode last week. Some of the parts I needed for my vehicle showed up on Monday, got the thing, and it's back in working order. That's what I love about Rock Auto. So give it a shot, my friends. That's rockauto.com. See all the parts available for your car or truck now. Right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Give us some credit for sending you over to rockauto.com. I'm Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen today. I want to encourage you guys uh, to check out this new feature that's going to be going on. Which NFL stars will move the betting line the most? Starting July 18th, Locked On is giving you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from our friends at Bet Online. Available July 18th on the Locked On NFL channel, wherever you get your podcasts, also on YouTube. Make sure to stay tuned for that. It should be very interesting. So just under a week from today. And I'm interested to see who they value the most. It's kind of from a betting perspective in many ways. Uh, what type of guys would swing lines and all that stuff? We all know that our, our country, uh, with the gambling laws changing everywhere, except the state of Utah, it feels like uh, it's moving more towards an analytical betting type deal. And it's going to be very interesting to see what Bet Online does there. All right, time to talk a little bit about BYU's cornerback position. And a few of you reached out, our good friend 49er Coog among them, on uh, Twitter in particular. I had a, an email about it as well. I believe it was from, double check, it was from Ethan uh, sent this in and said, Jake, you talked about BYU's safeties. Why did you not mention Micah Harper amongst that? It's coming in from Ethan. Uh, 49er Coog expressed similar sentiments on Twitter. And, uh, the reason I didn't put Micah Harper in the safeties position group is because according to the prospectus that BYU issued at BYU Football Media Day, they list him as a cornerback. But I made a mistake, I guess, in a way, because I looked at the depth chart they released as part of that prospectus as well, and they have Micah Harper as a backup safety at the free safety position. So... Let's talk about BYU's cornerbacks. We'll finish off the defensive backfield for BYU, and let's start off with Micah Harper. I think he ends up playing safety, and he told me as such. Any of you who listened to the podcast we did during spring ball, I had a great one-on-one conversation with Harper, and he told me that he felt like safety was better suited for his skill set coming back off injury from that ACL tear that caused him to miss the entirety of last year. He was a fantastic cornerback as a freshman, albeit a little bit undersized, five foot ten. He's not the tallest cornerback out there, but he was more than capable, and I thought he was a fantastic player, but if safety is where he's going to end up, that actually makes it maybe a five-man rotation, or maybe Michael Harper supplants a guy like a Hayden Livingston in that four-man rotation. I, I, I'm just going off with the roster that gave me, and I maybe it's my mistake for forgetting to put Michael Harper with the safeties, but he's got the capability of playing either position. So I'll take him at his word. If he's going to play safety, he makes maybe that top four in the safety group for BYU, but at the same time, considering we learned during BYU Football Media Day that Isaiah Heron is retiring from football medically, uh, he also joins Keenan Ellis, who announced he is retiring medically last year after that vicious, uh, well, it wasn't necessarily vicious, it was just a scary, scary situation 
production in that first game against Arizona. Well, both of them retiring. Those are two starting caliber cornerbacks for BYU that you've lost suddenly. So maybe Michael Harper is going to be playing a little bit of a tweener to make sure that they're shored up at both positions this year. I'm so that's where Michael Harper stands. What I really like about him is in 2020, he had 25 total tackles as a true freshman, had one fumble recovery, one pass breakup. He The moment was not too big for him that year, albeit the level of competition that BYU faced in 2020, I think we can all admit, was not comparative to what we saw in 2021 or what we will see here in 2022. But Michael Harper is a guy that I absolutely enjoy watching play football. He plays with uh, just a, 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 what do you call it, a... a not an attitude, uh, not arrogance. Um, what am I trying to come up with? He plays with uh, just swagger. There we go, swagger. That, that's probably a good way to play. It just goes out there, does his thing, and plays his game. Now, the cornerback position for BYU, I think, has two established guys who are going to return and expect to probably be starting for BYU against USF in just over 50 days from now. That obviously is uh, D'Angelo Mandel, a guy who has been a starter for the better part of at least three seasons. Uh, I guess two, technically, but he started in parts of three seasons for BYU from 2018 to 2021. He had nine tackles in 2018, 21 in 2019, uh, six during 2020, and then had his most this past year with 36 total tackles in the 2021 season. He had one pass breakup in 2020 for this past year, but his stat sheet in terms of what, uh, in terms of interceptions, all that other stuff, it's blank for his career. The biggest thing for D'Angelo Mandel this year is going in uh, to this season, he needs to become more of a playmaker. That is what he needs to be. More pass breakups, interceptions, game-changing plays is what he needs to do now it's not all his fault either because he was actually very good in coverage and a lot of teams during last season would actually essentially move away from where he was on the field whether he was on the right or the left side that team said oh you know what we're not thrown to that side of the field we trust this guy can lock up our receivers and that left a guy like Caleb Hayes an opportunity to really shine in the absence of spotlight for D'Angelo Mandel the the quote-unquote being on an island well D'Angelo Mandel was put on an island and a lot of teams went away from him and they went after Caleb Hayes And the interesting part about this is Caleb Hayes, we've talked about this, I've mentioned it, he actually made a run at the past breakup record in a single season for BYU. Jordan Johnson holds it uh, back from the mid-2000s, if I'm not mistaken, with 15 in a year. At one point, Caleb Hayes was on track to break that. He ended up ended up with the season having 11 pass breakups, 26 total tackles for the 5'11", 190-pound uh, product out of San Bernardino, California, by way of Oregon State. Hayes is 5'11", 190 pounds, and a guy that I really think uh, should uh, reprise his role. I think that both D'Angelo Mandel and Caleb Hayes with good seasons this year could potentially get NFL looks. They're both listed as juniors, so that's the interesting part about this. Do both of them decide, you know what, I'm going to give it just yet another go in a BYU uniform? Oh, excuse me, no. D'Angelo Mandel is a redshirt senior. I apologize. Same with Caleb Hayes. Okay, I, I read that wrong. So they're both seniors. I think they both get NFL looks next year. I truly believe that. They may not get drafted. They probably have to have some special years. D'Angelo Mandel in particular in terms of production, interceptions, that type of stuff to get himself uh, with his name called during the NFL draft. But those two I think are going to be very, very critical to BYU's success. And now the depth behind them is a massive question with both Isaiah Heron and uh, uh, Keenan Ellis hanging things up. But that is where you enter Gabe Judy Lally, the transfer from Vanderbilt, who has started in parts of three seasons for the Commodores down there in the SEC. He's got he's six foot two, 185 pounds, a redshirt sophomore, already graduated from Vanderbilt. This is a very bright young man. 
I'm not going to be surprised if he takes some playing time right away from guys like Caleb Hayes and D'Angelo Mandel. He has played in the SEC. He has covered some of the best receivers anybody has ever seen in their entire life during his time playing for the Commodores. He is going to come in and I think immediately challenge for playing time, if not a starting job for BYU. I am very high on Gabe Judy Lally's opportunity. Prototypical size, has the ability to run with anybody. He showed that at Vanderbilt, and he looked for a new opportunity, and it's good that BYU picked up on this. He obviously tapped into Derwin Gray, who actually coached him during junior high and high school for a time. Uh, Derwin, obviously a former BYU standout, was able to sell Gabe a little bit, it sounded like, on BYU and what it could do for him, and they brought him in, and I think he is going to be a guy to keep an eye on because I think he absolutely factors in, at least as a rotation piece at cornerback, if not outright starting at some point this season this year. Other guys to keep an eye on include Jacob Boren. Boren probably plays that nickelback role for BYU alongside a guy like Jacob Robinson. Both of them a little undersized. Uh, Boren listed at 5'9", 180 pounds. He appeared in all 13 games last year, had that breakout performance against, uh, what was that, Washington State. Very, very good. Jacob Robinson, 5'11", 165 pounds. They're going to be guys, if you go to a four-wide set, you need to put extra defensive backs on the field. They're the guys that come in to cover those slot receivers. That's what Jacob Jacob Robinson and Jacob Boren's uh, goals and duties are going to be for BYU. They obviously, in a pinch, probably could play that outside cornerback role, but they don't have the prototypical size for that. So that's where Gabe Judy Lally is getting his opportunity. Another guy to keep an eye on on the outside includes Quentin Rice, uh, the former er, BYU standout Rodney Rice. His son, Quentin, is a redshirt freshman, uh, a member of the scout team. Quentin's got more of the prototypical size that BYU wants for their outside cornerback. Six foot one, 195 pounds. He's got a year of BYU under his belt here. I would expect that he starts to emerge a little bit here, as well as another name in Caleb Christensen. Christensen has essentially been a special teamer for his entire career at BYU. Saw action in eight games due to some injury concerns last year, mainly as BYU's main kick returner. Entered the NCAA transfer portal for a spell this offseason to look at his options. Decided it was in his best interest to return to BYU. Christensen is not the biggest guy. five foot ten, 195 pounds, but he is a well-put-together athlete. Can he finally find a spot for himself on the defensive side of the football and maybe emerge a little bit. This year will be the year for him to show that because if he doesn't, this is where it gets a little hairy for a guy like that because there are five true freshmen on this roster at the cornerback position coming into BYU. Do any of them factor in and potentially play right away? That remains to be determined. That's where training camp's going to tell us a lot. But you have Zion Allen, six foot one, 160 pounds from Manteca High School. In California, you have Nathaniel Gillis, six foot one, 174 pounds, from Still Canyon High School in California. Corbin Green from Owasso uh, High School in uh, was Oklahoma, I believe. Uh, Corbin is six foot 175 pounds. Evan Johnson, uh, Stevenson High School in Monterey, California, a little tiny school. We talked about George Udo being from a tiny school. This guy's from Monterey, California, where, like where Pebble Beach is from. Yeah, uh, that Evan Johnson, six foot one, 175 pounds. And then the other name on here, I think I got them all. If I didn't, I apologize. I think I got them all. But those guys, they're coming in as true freshmen. They've got the size requirements that BYU has looked for in their cornerback position. Do one, two, or three of them potentially move into a playing role this year? Or do they spend their time uh, because other guys have essentially moved themselves up the depth chart where they're going to be able to spend the time redshirting, maybe playing in two or three games here and there, and then uh, getting ready to join BYU in their transition to the Big 12 in 2023. The goal, obviously, I think, would be to have... Uh, 
D'Angelo Mandel, Caleb Hayes, and Gabe Judy Lally pretty much become your three-man rotation that holds down the cornerback position for BYU. You probably have a fourth guy factor in there. I would imagine Quentin Rice probably gets the first crack at that with guys like Jacob Robinson, Jacob Boren, and Caleb Christensen probably slotting in at that nickel cornerback spot where the other freshmen on this roster, you're telling them, you guys are the future, but you're going to redshirt this year and you're going to get yourselves ready, get your bodies right, gain some weight. In the case of a guy like Zion Allen, 160 pounds, it's pretty skinny on a six foot one frame uh, at, the, at the Division One level. So you need to get those guys up to their requisite weight and then give them their opportunity to go out there and show what they can do. So that'll be a, a big key here for BYU is making sure that they both allow for development of the younger talent at the cornerback position while also letting their upperclassmen, the two seniors in particular, Caleb Hayes and D'Angelo Mandel, shine a little bit and hopefully uh, get their opportunities when it comes to the NFL level. I truly believe there are three guys in BYU secondary this year who could get NFL looks. Those are D'Angelo Mandel and Caleb Hayes at the cornerback positions for BYU and then also Malik Moore at the safety position. Crazy to think that BYU could have three guys getting NFL looks from the defensive backfields considering the desert relatively it's been in terms of opportunities for defensive backs from BYU to make it at the NFL level. For three guys in one year to get that crack at it would be pretty impressive and I'm not going to count it out. I think they all have that capability but the good news is also similar to the safety position it's a well-stocked unit in the cornerback room with a lot of young talent that appears to be uh, on its way to develop themselves as they get ready to make the transition to the Big 12 in 2023. All right, so there you go. Look at the cornerback position. We'll round out today's show with some other notes on the BYU football front. I want to talk about two preseason honors that were announced involving Kalani Sitake and standout offensive lineman Clark Barrington. We'll get to those here momentarily. First, though, a word on our friends at Built Bar. Built Bars are the best-tasting protein bars that I have ever had. I think I got one down here. Let me look. Oh, there it is. Okay. I got a banana bread here. And this is more of the traditional Built Bar uh, banana bread. They also have their uh, Built Puffs. They're a first-of-its-kind collagen protein-infused marshmallow bar. Light and airy, soft and easy to chew. The Built Bars, you may have tried them and said, you know what, this is a little too dense for me, a little too thick for my liking. Well, maybe the Built Puffs are the option for you guys. The more important part for us here on the Locked On Cougars podcast is Built Bar has their name, image, and likeness agreement with the BYU football program. All BYU football players, whether they're scholarship players or walk-ons, get money via the NIL deal that Built Bar has with each of them. The walk-ons in particular are getting their tuition paid for by Built Bar via that NIL agreement. It's a fantastic deal, and you can help support BYU football by supporting our friends at Built Bar. Get to Built.com, place your order there. They have a myriad of other products outside their Built Bars if you want to give those a shot. They have uh, uh, bone broth. They've got the Built, uh, what do they call them, Built Go, all kinds of stuff. So give them a shot. Built.com right now. While you're there, you can save 15% off your entire order by using the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order. Support BYU football and enjoy the best tasting protein bars and other products from our friends over at Built Bar. Today's show also brought to you in part by our friends over at Intercap Lending. There's a reason that no lender helps more families in the state of Utah with their mortgage needs than our friends at Intercap Lending. The reason? Intercap, they get deals done. They feature a quick and simple process. They're closing loans two weeks faster than the industry average. And we all know right now with interest rates going up, you probably still uh, have a chance to get in on some relatively low rates. You got to capitalize on it. They actually had a little bit of a backslide in terms of the rate uh, rises this past week or so. So if you want to jump on this, Radswood is what locked on's personal 
loan officer at Intercap Lending, Steve Carter, would love to help you guys do. He's absolutely incredible. He's helped hundreds of Locked On listeners since 2018, including Locked On founder David Locke. So give him a shot. That's Locked On uh, Locked On Cougars with our friends at Intercap Lending. They want to help you guys out. they got 44 years of experience behind them. They were founded in 1978, and they are based here in Utah, but capable of helping anybody in more than 40 states nationwide. They're licensed to help nationwide. So give them a shot. His phone number, if you want to reach out to Steve directly with any and all questions you might have, 385-800-8528. If you'd like for us to broker a meeting with them, we're happy to do that as well. You can email me, lockedonbyu at gmail.com is the email address, and we'll get you in touch with Steve and the team over there at Intercap Lending. If you want to learn more, you also can uh, go to intercaplending.com to check out their website. They've got a lot of good stuff on there to tell you all about their process. But once again, reach out to Steve Carter with any and all questions you got, 385-800-8528. You will not find a more responsive loan officer. I can promise you that. I've had a great conversation or three with Steve during my time working with Intercap Lending. That's Intercap Lending. Uh, NMLS number 190465. Intercap Lending is an equal housing lender. Once again, a big thank you for joining us here on Locked On Cougars. want to remind you guys to check out the show on social media. It's kind of where things stop, uh, don't ever stop with regards to this show. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Search out Locked On Cougars. Some people have told me I need to start a TikTok channel. I just... I don't know. Maybe at some point I will be able to do crazy dances for you guys. I don't I don't know. If you want more of my thoughts on all things sports, you can follow me on Twitter, my personal Twitter feed. You can search that out, Jacob C. Hatch. C is in cat in there if you want to reach out to me that way. Always love hearing from you guys. You got questions about advertising or just questions overall about the podcast, you can reach out via email or social media. Our email address, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. All right, a couple of quick notes before we go. BYU offensive lineman Clark Barrington has been named to the athlete on sports 2022 preseason All-American third team. It is his second preseason All-American honor, having previously been named to the 2022 Phil Steele All-American first team. Obviously, Clark is a stud, a guy who has been a four-year starter for BYU, figures to reprise his role at left guard for BYU. I will promise you this, if he is not drafted in the NFL draft next year, I will eat my hat. I think he is absolutely on track to be an NFL guy next year and to see him getting preseason All-American honors, fantastic, fantastic stuff. So congratulations to Clark and also congratulations to BYU head coach Kalani Satake. He's been named to the preseason watch list for the Bobby Dodd coach of the year award. Obviously this goes to the best coach in college football. Always fun to see this PNC and the Bobby Dodd coach of the year foundation named this. It includes 20 of the nation's top football coaches representing all power five conferences, as well as the AAC and independent BYU. So fantastic stuff. The collective group has won 12 national championships, 39 FBS conference titles, and secured 1,882 wins throughout their uh, careers together. Cool to see Kalani among the top 20 coaches, apparently, in people's minds with regards going to into this season. To win it, you probably have to run the table in some ways. Uh, it seems like the coaches that win national championships win that award, but hey, Who's to say that it's out of the realm of possibility for Kalani Satake to win that award? Really cool to see him get that uh, uh, honor and wish him nothing but the best as he gets ready for the upcoming season. Obviously, we're getting ready for it. We'll continue to count you down, by the way, with our position group previews uh, the next couple of days here. We'll react to the opening of Big 12 Media Days on tomorrow's podcast. Anything noteworthy, we'll be sure to pass it along, and obviously anything with regards to conference realignment. We got you guys covered top to bottom every single day right here on Locked On Cougars. So once again, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Now get over and check out our friends over the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Make it your second listen. Get caught up on all the stuff with Big 12. 
12. Josh Neighbors getting you ready for BYU, uh, not BYU, Big 12 Media Days, a little bit of a primer. If you want that, get over and check out Locked On Big 12 wherever you get your podcasts just like this one. That'll do it for today's edition of the show. Have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for July 13th, 2022. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.